Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are making our way through an amazing series, Exploring Ephesians, Paul's inspired letter to Christians in Ephesus and also to us. We are discovering that Christ is the very center of this message and experiencing His love and sharing His love with others. Today, God's rescue plan how God rescues us. And my prayer is you wouldn't just learn theory, but especially if you've never asked Jesus to save you, that you make that decision today and spend eternity with him. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Great to be together again. I'm learning so much. Are you learning some new yes. things about Ephesians? And I'm excited too, because Nisha is going to be teaching today how God rescues us, crucial topic. We're also happy to welcome some of our team members. Rodney, great to see you again. Always glad to have you on the team. Glennie, good to see you again. We're glad you're here. And Jamie Jean, great to have you with us as we study the Word of God together. We're also happy to hear from you. In fact, you are part of the team. You, you, some people say, I raise my hand when, uh, when Nisha asks the question. And that's great. We want to be fully interactive together. And here are just a few emails we've received recently. Would you write to us, by the way? sshope at hopetv.org. You say, why, Derek? Well, because it encourages us to see what God's doing in your life and through you to bless your community. Griffine writes from Zambia. And Griffine, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Greetings, Hope Sabbath School members. Got a wave. I've been listening to your program since... 2019. And I really enjoy so much because my life is changing step by step, physically and spiritually. Praise God. <laughs> I have learned so much. Well, Griffin, thanks for writing to us from Zambia. And really, that's the goal of studying the Bible, right? Life transformation through a living connection with Jesus. Here's a note on our Facebook page got about 179,000 on our Facebook page. And Marcia writes, Marcia writes and says, I personally love Hope Sabbath School, everything just done to glorify God. Amen. Amen. That's why we do it, right? The interaction with each other, the way in which you share your thoughts together, the love, respect you show each team member equally, keep up the good work. <laughs> well, there's a lot included there, isn't there? And that's part of an in-depth interactive study. Well, thank you. Here's a note from a couple, a donor couple in Pennsylvania. And uh, they say, my, or she writes actually, my husband and I watch you on Hope Sabbath School every week. And here's a donation to bless the ministry. May God continue to bless you as you spread the good news of Jesus' second coming. Amen? Amen. And a donation of $200. You say, Derek, how, much, how far can that go? And the answer is, when we all work together, it can impact the world. Amen. 200 Amen. countries around the world, multiple millions of people are being impacted by the Word of God Thank you. If you would like to donate, you can also go to hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donate button. And uh, thank you for your support. One last note. Oh, this is from YouTube. We're getting a lot of comments. We just started a YouTube channel. 
It just passed 90,000. It will be out of date by the time the broadcast goes on, I'm sure. So it's more than 90,000 families watching us on YouTube. That's a lot of people. Amen. Amen. Right? That's a big sports stadium right there. Yeah. San writes, Thank you for the awesome Hope Sabbath School studies. So many rich nuggets of truth as we seek God's way for our lives and how to stay in it. Amen. There is no better way than God's way. Yes. Amen. Amen. I get more excited about God's Word as I watch the excitement that you have as we study the Word of God together. Serving God is truly exciting. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Thanks to all and God's blessings from San. Well, San, San, thanks for writing to us on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube if you're a YouTuber and punch in Hope Sabbath School. You'll find us there and be blessed. Did I tell you about the free gift? I didn't, did I? We have a free gift for you. I want you to take advantage of it. It's an amazing book. There's 40 chapters in that book on the ministry of the Apostle Paul, including his ministry in Ephesus and his writing of the epistles in prison. You'll learn so much. Acts of the Apostles is the book. If you would like to get a free digital copy, just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and right in the middle of the screen, it says free gift. Click on that tab, and it will tell you how you can download a free digital copy. You say, Derek, I think I have a copy of that. It's a great book. It is. But tell your friends. They can download a free copy, and it will be a great resource as we study together. Well, right now, we're going to sing our theme song and then talk about how God saves us, right? Mm -hmm. Our theme song is talking about walking worthy of the calling, not to earn God's love, but because He loves us. Mm -hmm. Let's sing it together. I therefore beseech you to walk Worthy of the calling, I therefore beseech you to walk. Worthy of the calling with which you were called. With lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another.
Worthy of the calling, I therefore beseech you to walk. Worthy of the calling, with which you were called. Well, we're not a choir, but with people singing all around the world, it sounded good. And what a powerful message. And I just want to pause and thank my wife for putting that scripture to music because there's no better way to hide God's word in your heart than putting it in song. So thank you, Bodil, for that. And thank you that we can go on our day walking worthy of the calling with which we were called. Right now, Nisha, let's pray and God bless you as you lead our study today. All right, let's pray, team. Our Father in heaven, we just want to thank you um, for bringing us uh, to this day. We know that for each and every person sitting in this audience um, and also at home watching, that there is a purpose to which you have called us. Mm. And long before we were ever born, you had a plan for each and every one of us. And we thank you, Father, um, that you have loved us enough to call us into this plan. We pray as we go into the study that you open our minds, you put everything else away, Lord, and that we're able to see the word come alive. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and for your love. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Now, I am going to take a venture and guess that all of you sitting here have at one point or the other, both in your childhood and probably in your adulthood, were lost at some point physically. (laughs) Right? Whether it was in the store and you happened to turn around and your parents weren't there, Uh or you're going down the highway and all of a sudden you realize I missed my exit, multiple exits back, and you're like, oh, no. And sometimes if you're like my sister, who's constantly running late to the airport and you realize you're lost, you're like, oh, am I going to make that flight? And then some sort of panic starts creeping in you and you try to wonder, how do I get back on track? Mm. Now, if you happen to have a GPS, the GPS will reroute you. Otherwise, if you're taking a walk in the middle of the woods and you're like, Mm. oh, my, this tree starts looking like that tree and you're not sure how to get back. And as a kid, it's particularly hard because the person who's supposed to be caring for you and looking out for you all of a sudden has gone missing and you don't know how to be found. Mm. Now, God knows that each and every one of us is lost. That's mm. yep. But He has a rescue plan that is fail-proof. <laughs> doesn't matter how many of the trees look alike, doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult. In His plan, yes. nobody is lost who wants to be found. Praise God. And today, we're mm. going to take a look at that rescue plan. Mm, Now, why does God need a rescue plan for us? Well, that has something to do with us and our condition. Mm -hmm. So let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. And Jonathan, I'm going to have you read this verse, these verses. Yes, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Um, The Bible is not shy in calling out where we are at the moment. Mm. And so where were we? What is the condition uh, of the human of humans that's given in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3? What do you see? Jason? 
Well, one of the first words it says there is dead, dead <laughs> in trespasses and sins, but just the word dead is not a very good mm. position to be in. No, and mm. not only, and, and yes, it's not a good position to be in, but what are we dead in? Trespasses. Trespasses and sins. What does this mean? Travis? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Yes. Yeah. And so we're following a course in life that, that is actually in a path to destruction. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's what it's saying our condition is. Thank you. And who is leading that course, that path that is leading to death? Who is leading that path? Is it Christ? No. 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 Who's leading? What, is the, what, are, what do these verses say? Who's leading that path? Prince of power, the power of, of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Thank you, Jackson. Right, it's the prince of power, right, and not the prince of power that is seated in the in in the holy place in, mm. in heaven. Yes. Right, there is someone else who's leading that path that you are on. If you are found in in death and in, in your trespasses and in your sins, now, how does Satan look to lead us into spiritual and eternal death? If you're thinking about this. What does he do? Why is it that this is such an easy path for us to find ourselves in? Mm. I think, Nisha, as Travis pointed out, the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. So Satan really doesn't care what sins we commit. <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh, he just wants us to, de to disconnect from the author of life. Yeah. And sin is ultimately a, a disconnection from God. And it's That's manifested right. in behavior. So it really doesn't matter to him. It's just like disconnect and do what you want and uh, it will lead to destruction. Okay, and let's see some examples of the ways in which this leads to destruction. So let's actually turn to our first example. Let's look at Genesis 3, verses 1 through 4. And Zendile, I'm going to have, a, uh, have you read these verses. Okay, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Uh, Genesis 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Mm. Mm. And in this particular example, can someone explain to me, how is it that Satan was able to get Eve under his dominion? Mm. What are the elements, what did he do? Rodney, what are some of the things that um, Satan does? Mm. You can see here the element of deception that he used with, mm. with Eve. And so that's a method that he uses with us every single day, trying to deceive us to follow him. And uh, Nisha, one of the other things that came to mind is, if we read Revelation 20, it tells us the end of Satan. Mm -hmm. And so if we follow him, we will also have that end. Mm -hmm. And so we have the option, praise God, the choice of following Jesus so that we can have eternal life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rodney. Jonathan? Yeah, so it, it, the devil comes to Eve and says, is that really, is what God said really good? Well, first he twists it like, did God actually say that? And so I think he does the same thing to us. He gets us to question whether, what God, the, the laws, I mean, it says the trespasses and sins, that are, are those really bad things? Is that really going to lead to death? Is that really, um, why isn't that a good thing? And uh, starts with that. Yes, and, and continuing, even now, Satan gets us to question God's word 
and gets us to question whether or not God's promises are real, whether mm. what he said is actually real. Mm. Jason, I saw your hand. Did you have anything to add? Oh, I was going to say that he uses, in Ephesians there, talks about desires, flesh, mm. the natural part within us. And he does that with Eve, too. He questions, he goes into mm. the natural part of her who wants to know, to understand things. And, yes. you know, is God keeping something from you? Yes. Mm. Thank you. And Jamie, Jamie Jean, you had something to add? He also calls into question the relationship. It's very subtle, um, but up until this point, God is referred to as the Lord God, which is Yahweh Elohim. So the powerful God and the personal God. Mm. But when Satan refers to God, he leaves out the personal God name. Mm. So he's not only questioning God's rules, but also is he really a personal God who has a relationship with you? Thank you, Jamie. That's very insightful. And so he's getting us to question mm. all sorts of aspects of God. Mm. And remember that both are promising things. Satan is also promising something. But here's the thing with Satan's promises. He will never keep them. Mm. Unlike <laughs> our God who keeps every promise that he makes. Yeah. Right. Let's take a look yeah. at another example. And this one with Christ himself. And uh, Jason, could you turn to Matthew 4, verse 3 and read for us what is taking place there? The New King James Version says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. All right. And so here, what is it that uh, Satan thinks that he can actually tempt um, and bring under dominion Christ himself? Mm. How does he do this? Mm. What is he hoping to do in this situation? We know that... Jesus is in the wilderness. Um, he has not eaten or drank anything for 40 days and 40 nights. Jackson, what is happening? So here Satan is trying to use Jesus' authority, mm -hmm. a pride factor. If you are this, then do this. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you very much. Nicole? Just take a step back for a second and just look at the big picture. The devil has engaged because he knows information. Mm -hmm. And so he brings forth some truth, some lie, and then he presents that to us. And if we're not careful and we don't know, then we seem to fall under his dominion. And so in the first case, you know, there was, there was a falling. But in the second case, God knew, Jesus knew what he needed to know. So he was able to defend himself against the wiles of the devil, as we can say. Thank you, Nicole. Travis? I think the illustration here in Matthew is really a powerful uh, example of the deception of Satan because God the Father had just told Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And here Satan is trying to get him to doubt his sonship. He does that even to us in the world mm -hmm. today. When we become sons and daughters of God, accepted in the beloved, he tries to convince us we are not sons and daughters of God. But Jesus claims the word of God and, uh, and of course, uses the word of God to refute mm -hmm. his claim. And we keep seeing this idea of Satan deceiving, deceiving. And we know in John 8, 44, it is told to us that Satan is the father of lies. Yeah. Right? So that we know. The Bible is very clear on this. Yep. Now, and, and if we look at this, you know, do, is Christ hungry? Is he weary? Yes. And yeah. he tempts these very things. And in us, Satan does the same things. Where we are starving and need things, Satan says, let me offer it to you. 
But in that moment, Christ chooses to let his dependence not be on earthly things, which he certainly looks That's like right. he needs, but to let his need mm. be on the Father Amen. to provide those needs for him, Amen. not on Satan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, we are told in Ephesians 2, 3 that we are mm. children of wrath. Let's see where else. Um, uh, Lilika, could you read for us Ephesians 5, verse 6? Where, why are those dead in trespasses described as, ch um, as by nature children of wrath? Ephesians 5, verse 6, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Okay. Mm. So whose mm. wrath is it that we are talking about? God. It's God's wrath. Now, and so we are called children of wrath. Not only are we seeking desires of the flesh, which is what is inherently what we tend toward without God, yep. but then what ensues is the wrath of God himself. Mm. Jonathan? Yeah, I think it's good to take a moment and just look at what God's wrath is. I mean, what, what is, I mean, you've got history, I mean, millennia of history where God was pictured as somebody who was the whole huge uh, illustrations of hell and all these things that were going to happen to you if you didn't do exactly what he wanted to. And that's painted an unfortunate picture. So I, th I think it's important to look at what, what is it. Um, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a loving father that is out there that is in pain watching his kids run off a cliff. And like there's nothing, what can he do? And yes, he lets them fall off small cliffs on the way. It's like, so he gives them over Romans 1, right? He gives them over slowly to different things like, okay, well, I, I have to let you go at some point. So I'm gonna let you go and fall in this sense. And he slowly, there's this progressiveness to wrath that God, and there's also boundaries. I mean, God, God cannot be loving and not stop the craziness in this world from hurting us and from hurting the people themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think it is love mm -hmm. in that tough act. Yeah. And Jonathan, thank you, because what we see in the beginning is the love, right? The mm -hmm. wrath is the end mm -hmm. of when we make the choice, the final choice, it's the consequence of our sin. As has been said multiple times here, the wages of sin are death. Mm -hmm. And so in his love and in his mercy, that is also an element of God. Mm. Travis? I just want to quickly make the point that the wrath of God is never poured out on people. It's poured out on sin. Yeah. That's evident in Romans chapter 1. Um, but the problem is, is the sinner's not willing to let it go. Mm. So when sin gets destroyed, the sinner gets destroyed with it. Now, just the I think that's a really important point, that, that God's anger is against evil. Yes. Mm. yes. Because he loves all of his children. And the Bible says... He's not willing that any should perish. So, yeah, these distorted pictures, mm. um, he, he, that's why he's telling us to abandon sin mm -hmm. mm. because there will come a time when he deals with evil. Mm -hmm. and, and Revelation says the, the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. It's not yep. prepared mm. for anyone watching this program or those we love and pray for. Mm. But uh, that's why he calls us to repentance and mm. you're going to talk about how God saves us that's why mm -hmm. otherwise he would just stay in heaven and we'd all be lost mm -hmm. because exactly. the wages of sin is death exactly yeah. um, and thank you uh, Travis and, and Derek both on that on that image of God's love right mm -hmm. even in that even in what he does at the end it is it is done with a lifetime of seeking and searching after us to come toward him mm. um, and so just a, a quick, quick question how many of you have ever 
fallen under Satan's dominion? <laughs> How many of you have ever gratified the desires of the flesh? Oh boy. I'm not saying anything's hand up. No? Okay. I will raise my hand there as well. Right? All of us. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is something that's just happening to me. All of us have fallen under Satan's traps one way or the other. But the good news is, is that we have a rescue plan. We have someone mm. who is out there drawing us each and every time we fall to tell us to get up and to pull us up, Hallelujah. right? And so what we're going to do now, let's take a look at this rescue plan that we keep talking about. In Ephesians 2, 1, one of the things that is said, so we talked about this idea that we are um, dead in trespasses and sins. But if you look at the beginning of that verse in Ephesians 2, 1, it says, and you he made alive. Mm. Even when we were dead in our... Did God wait for us to become perfect before nope. he made us alive? Mm. No. In our trespasses and sins is when he made us alive. Mm. Now, what is this referring to? How does God make us alive? Jackson? It's like God taking the first to know, if I've sinned, and I'm dead in my tres trespasses. Like when I'm dead, I'm dead. There's no greater <laughs> dead or lesser dead. <laughs> so I'm dead, and God takes the first move. And I really love this chapter. This is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Mm. Even in chap verse 4, it, mm -hmm. it, after the first three verses describing the state of man, it starts with, but God. Yes. Canceling everything <laughs> uh, that, has, that has been said in verses 1 to 3. Amen. Jackson, could you read for us Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7? Sure. Reading from the New King James Version, I'm reading. Uh, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love uh -huh. with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Uh -huh. By grace you have been saved mm -hmm. and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Praise mm. God. Praise mm. God. Wow. Mm. And so as we re uh, Rodney, you have, yes, you have a comment. Rodney is uh, spirited into a comment. As I, as I look at these verses, it, it just is like a mirror image or a depiction of what transpired in the Garden mm. of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, God came after them and He was asking them, well, Adam specifically, you know, where, are, where are you? And he gave them the assurance, the great promise, the evangelium, um, that Genesis 3.15, that there is someone that will come. You don't have to remain this way. You don't have to remain spiritually dead. There is someone that is coming that will pay the price of sin so that you can live forever. So, so it is with us today. It's a great reminder that we don't need to remain spiritually dead. Mm. Jesus is available for us that we can give ourselves to him and he will save us. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Rodney. And there are several verses I want us to turn. So several elements of what Rodney just shared with us. When we find this idea of God's rescue plan and this love that he has for us, um, what exactly, we keep talking about these things that God has done, Christ has done. And I want us to specifically look at exactly what it is Christ did for us. So let's start with John 3.16. Glennie, would I be able to have you read John 3.16 for us? 
John 3.16, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, Lenny, what is it that God did? What is, what is so special in that verse? What did God do? He gave his only begotten son, his precious son, to take our place of sin. All right. And where did he do this? Where did God transfer our sins onto himself? At the cross, right? At the cross. He went to the, cro he went to the cross. We've already said that the wages of sin is death. And so God took on that death, mm, yes. went to the cross, died for our sins, and took on our sins so that we could be made alive in our trespasses mm. and sins. Has it ever happened to you that you've heard a verse a thousand times and you hear it and you hear something new? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just was hearing, and I want to thank Lenny for the way she read John mm. 3.16, because it doesn't say God loved the world. Mm -mm. It says God so loved the world. Mm. And I think that's what we're hearing uh, in our studies of uh, exploring Ephesians, that God loves the world so much. I have a grandson. He says, Grandpa, I love you so much. <laughs> you know, I don't just love you. And, and that's what I'm hearing here. And, and that's the picture mm. of God that people need to see, Amen. the true picture of, of a God who loves us. Mm with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Pastor yes. Eric, I'm so glad you mentioned that because when I was reading this, studying on my own, I underlined so loved. It was the first time <laughs> I had noticed that so, so loved, much, <laughs> And it was so beautiful. Travis. So when you guys are talking about that, something comes to my mind. And it's, we were just talking about the wrath of God that's poured out on sin. And the Bible says, He made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us. So here, when you're talking about Jesus taking our sins, He's also experiencing the wrath of God because he's become a sin for us. So, so now God doesn't want anyone to experience the wrath. And in the rescue plan, he says, I'll take the wrath. Yep. So it's really he's taking the sin. He's taking the, the penalty for sin. It's just all encapsulated in that cross event. Thank you so much, Travis. And the idea that it's a sinless. You know, we often, when we look at babies and things happen to them, we say, but they're so... They're, they're not doing anything, and yet mm. they're incurring these, these diseases or these things, and we feel so bad. As if in some way, as we get older, because of our sins, we kind of make excuses. Oh, well, you sinned, therefore we you, deserve. you deserve what you get. But when we look at Christ, who didn't do anything mm. other than mm -hmm. came to rescue us, being sent to a death mm. like that for mm. us, just gives a very different picture of His love, mm. um, and, and hopefully draws us to Him, at least wanting to get to know who this person is. And you know, I know this whole plan of salvation will study throughout eternity, but, but I want to point out that the way that the sinless Son of God was treated exposed the evil character of Satan and his kingdom. Yes, mm. yes. indeed. Jesus did nothing but good, yes. mm. and He healed the sick and raised the dead and cast out demons, and and. Uh, I, I think we, we must always remember it's not just, well, you know, he died for our sins. He did. But, but he exposed all of Satan's lies. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. And that God is good and loves us um, mm. with a, so much love, Amen. right? Amen. Amen. Could we also now take a look at Romans 6.23? Okay. Um, Can I see something? Yeah, sure. 
course. Um, just on that same note, that the fact that Christ did that, it shows God's love, but it, it can't just be that, mm -hmm. because if it was just God's love, he could have just forgiven it. I mean, he could just let it go. Mm. Like the fact that, you know, Jesus. the son of the universe, mm -hmm. perfect, without had to come down and to go through that, shows how terrible sin is. Mm. That sin is not just something like, oh, okay, we can just swipe it over, forgive it. Like, no, this is something that destroys mm. the foundation of everything that God can have any trust and in, 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 that will bring joy and beauty in life and so that that, that, that establishes, mm. no, sin cannot, is, is what, it, what Christ showed it to be. And Jonathan, thank you, because I know there are a lot of people who ask and have certainly asked me, mm. Why this way? Right. God could have done anything else. Why this way? But there is something in the fact that God came mm. and died and gave up his life. He didn't just, I mean, I shouldn't say just forgive because that's a huge thing as well. Right, right. But there is something about that death um, that demonstrates love in a way that nothing else can be demonstrated. Mm. Yes, and, yeah. mm. um, all right, as we take a look at Romans 6.23, we've quoted this uh, informally here multiple times, but yeah. let's go ahead and formally read the full verse. Um, and Stephanie, if you could read that for us. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. So, Stephanie, not only in that verse at the beginning does it talk about the wages of sin is death, but where does it end? Eternal life in for those who accept life. the gift of God. Mm. It talks about the gift of God, right? So that verse doesn't hang by itself. Mm. It, there's, there's a concluding part to that. He doesn't leave you hopeless. Yes. He says that the Amen. gift of God is eternal life, right? What is it that we deserve because Ooh, of our death. sin? Death. death. What is it that we receive? Eternal, eternal life. life. In the Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Right? If we accept it, if right? If we accept it. That's, that's the, and again, I see the heart of a loving God mm -hmm. pleading with his children to accept his, God's rescue plan for us, right? Mm -hmm. He's not willing that any should perish. Amen. Um, and then I do want us to actually read Colossians 1, 13 to 14. Um, and Zandile, could I have you read those two verses for us? Uh, show Colossians 1. Uh, verse 13 and 14, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us unto the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And I feel like that those two verses are some of what of everything else we've just read, right? It talks about deliverance from the power of darkness. It talks about God's love for us, and it talks about being redeemed by his blood, right? Mm. And so now, can I ask you, is there anyone who's willing to share with us a time when you were dead in your trespasses and sins and how Christ rescued you? Uh, it reminds me of my journey with God in the Philippines. Mm. So I accepted God to be my personal God in the Philippines. So mm. uh, right before my conversion, I was questioning God of a lot of things. There was a big earthquake that hit the Philippines. Mm. There was a super typhoon. Um, there was, the law was not uh, in place. All, every kind of sin you could see around you. And I was questioning God, are you real? Mm. Mm. 
like if you are real why are these things happening mm -hmm. and right when i'm thinking about this i had another earthquake right when i'm mm -hmm. thinking about this mm -hmm. and that just uh, was the start of a revelation so god led me to people after after that and i attended a evangelistic seminar uh, by mm -hmm. one of the preachers where God revealed to me in great detail about His love for me, lo love for me, so that transformed me. Amen. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for sharing, Jackson. Travis. So I shared once before on the program, so I was reluctant to share again because people may have heard it, but, but, it, but it's a powerful um, story for me, and that is. Remember when I first started learning about Jesus and studying the Bible? You know, you're you're new at tr trying to to navigate through this rescue plan to figure out how this works. And I just thought, really thought that because I was a successful business person, I had so much to offer God. And, and I, wow. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you that. But I remember I'm trying to do evangelism and do this and and have this thought in my mind at the same time. God, I have a lot to offer your plan, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm working with churches and everything's going wrong. Everything's, and I remember just getting so fed up, I walked away. And Derek knows this well because I just, I remember driving to a hotel. I was leaving my family. I was leaving the church. I was, just, I was just fed up with everything going wrong. Looking back now, I realized what, I, what was going on. And I just cried out to God. I had met Derek just prior to this. I said, God, if you, if you love me, if you want me to do anything, if, if, if you want me to be uh, involved in ministry, do this, you have to have Derek call me. <laughs> and, um, and I had only spoken with Derek just a very few times. And, um, and I, told, I gave all the literature back to the pastor. And I told him what, my, what I told God. He was the only person I had told that. And uh, the next morning at 5.30 in the morning, my phone rings. And it's Derek. But Derek wasn't intentionally calling. Oh. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't until the afternoon, he actually messaged me and said, call me, because I wouldn't answer the phone. I, it was 5.30 in the morning. I woke out of my bed. I thought, this is strange. Mm. So I called him in the afternoon, and he starts the conversation like this. He says, Travis. He goes, I'm so sorry. He says, I don't know what happened. I was walking down my steps and my phone was buzzing and I looked and it was calling you. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, mm. I, I just began weeping and weeping and wow. weeping there in the mm. truck because, mm. you know, I was dead in trust. I mean, it was more about me than it was about God. And God was just getting my attention. Amen. Uh, but he showed me. I still have favor, and that was just a huge revelation to Amen. me. Amen. Travis, that testimony is never going to get old, <laughs> and that has touched somebody who is listening. Yes. That's um, right. And so praise God for that, um, uh, because that is extremely powerful how God cares so much for each and every one of us Amen. that a mistaken call on one end was exactly what someone else was looking for. And it wasn't actually a mistaken call. I never touched my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the day that God used my cell phone <laughs> to call someone who Amen. cried out to him. Amen. And if that isn't a picture Amen. of God's rescue plan. Wow. I don't know what is. My pastor knew the day before that that was the sign. I, we have, I've, you could talk to him. He would wow. say, that's the truth. Um, and so as we're looking, one of the things that we've, we've learned through this, this, these promises that God gives us, it's, it's twofold. One, they're for you to be able to live in the present, mm -hmm. but there's also the promise of eternal life. Right. right. So we've seen both of those things. Now, as we take a look, there's actually another part 
um, of of God's and, and there's this word that we often toss around when we talk about God's salvation, God's forgiveness, and it's this word called grace. Mm. And I'm going to in, in a moment I'm going to ask you uh, what you think this this word means because uh, sometimes um, it. it all of a sudden our, our tongue gets tied and we're not exactly sure how to put it into words. But I think there's a reason for that and I'll get to that. But let's read Ephesians 2 verses 5 and 8 um, and let us uh, take a look at what is written here. Um, and Lalika, could I have you read Ephesians 2 verses 5 and 8? I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Ephesians 2 verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Verse 8. For by grace mm -hmm. you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Mm. Probably have an entire study on just that <laughs> that verse right there. True. And so, Lika, what is the phrase that's repeated um, in both? By grace, by grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved by faith, um, through faith. Now, so I'm going to ask you just a very easy question. What's grace? Hmm. What's grace? Rodney. So, Nisha, yes, it will take us quite some time to, to demystify what grace is. But in brevity, it, it just, there are some words that just come to mind, such as um, unconditional unlimited, unmerited love and favor of, of God that he has for us. All right. Mm. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> Is there anyone who would like to add some more to that? Stephanie? Yeah, I think of it as power to forgive and also mm. to free from the power of sin in my life. Mm. Mm. All right. So that element of there is power in grace. Grace is power. Glennie? I'm reminded uh, of the lyrics to this song called Altar of Grace. And there's a paragraph which goes like this. Grace is our hope when we're all out of options. The answer that comes to a desperate prayer. Grace is the arms that lift up the fallen and comfort for wounds that are too great to bear. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, Glennie. Wow. Um, uh, others on uh, Jackson? So... Uh, one of my favorite authors wrote, uh, wrote that grace was sent in searching, search for us. Mm. It's not that we went in search for grace. Mm. Grace was sent in search for us. Not that we deserve grace, but because we are so undeserving, mm -hmm. it was sent, to, sent, to, sent towards us. Thank you, Jackson. Um, Jason? Two words that come to mind are the undeserved part, meaning there's nothing we've done. In fact, we don't deserve it. And then the gift part. It's something that's been given to us. Again, we don't do anything for this gift. And so it's freely given. It's undeserved. It's un-everything, as Rodney shared. And as Stephanie mentioned, there's also grace is power. Mm, now, yeah. the power part, it's the power to what? And this, it talks about in Romans 1.5, it is the power also... Um, uh, to be called into obedience mm -hmm. and to do the things that God is asking us to do, right? In His grace, God has forgiven us. Now, one of the things that I always tell people, it's really hard to define grace, but there's a reason for that because you know it when you see it mm -hmm. and then you're trying to describe what it is that you saw. And it's so incredible and so indescribable that you try to put this thing into words. And theologians have written books on what is grace, but friends, I'm going to tell you something. 
everything you need to know about grace occurs in one thing, and that was on the cross when Christ yep. went for you. All these words yep. that we try to figure out, redemption, grace, love, compassion, all these characters, characteristics of God, they are all embodied on the cross, yep. mm. on Christ's death, on His resurrection, and on His ascension. Yep. Mm. Now, how do we accept this gift of grace? So He's mm. giving us this gift. What do we need to do in order to take it? Let's take a look again at Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Um, Jonathan, could you read that for us? Sure. I'll be reading from the, sorry, from the English Standard Version. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay, so if we, what, how do we not get grace according to these verses? <laughs> I Jonathan? Think, I think it's pretty clear that it's not by something that we do. Okay, so then if it's not by something do we, that we do, how do we, uh, how do we get the gift of grace? Have faith. Or by grace through faith. By faith, accept, and you just accept, accept it, it gladly. Yeah. When Christ gives this gift of grace, you accept it freely, gladly, mm -hmm. and cling on to that, right? Now, there's also another gift that God gives us, and I want us to turn to Romans 12, verse 3, and um, let us have, Travis, if you could read this for us, Romans 12, verse 3. What else does God give us? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay. Mm. So in addition to grace, in addition to salvation, God also gives us the gift of faith. Yep. Now, and it says, to, because there are some people who say, I was not given faith. But the Bible is clear. Every person is given a measure of faith. Now, you might look at someone and say, why does that person have more faith than this person? Or why does that person have more faith than me? God must have distributed it out in a particular way and given some more here. Is that accurate? How is it that your faith can grow? Why is it that someone else might look like they have more faith? Jonathan, and then we'll take Travis and Stephanie. Well, I mean, just the first thing that comes to mind is the parable. I mean, where Christ says it's a mustard seed. So I, I don't know that it's more faith necessarily as much as a willingness to depend upon it, to stand on it like I may barely believe, but I believe enough to know that God is faithful and I'm going to stand <laughs> on my little tiny bit mustard seed and wait for a mountain to fall. Okay. Mm. All right, Travis? You know, the Christian walk is always analogous. I mean, the Christian um, journey is always analogous to a walk. Mm. Um, I know there's one book I love. It's called Steps to Christ. The, the, and Paul said, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Grace to grace. There's this walk. And, and as we walk, the Bible says Noah walked with God. People walked with God. And those people 
um, God took him from one level of faith to the next level of faith to the next level. And the same with us. As we go along our Christian journey, God takes us to one step, to the next step, to the next step. That phone call was just one step in my, in my faith walk with God. Yep. And he increasingly builds that faith through circumstances and things we encounter in our daily lives. Thank you, Travis. And then Stephanie and then Jamie. Along the same lines, faith is built by exercise, just like a muscle. Mm -hmm. So go. the more you exercise it, the more it strengthens. Thank you, Stephanie. And that's exactly right. Um, and Jamie Jean? I want to go back to a moment thinking about the parable of the mustard seed. So when we think about plants, we put them in the ground and that's a cold, dark place. But how does the seed actually start to grow? It requires the sun, which in fertile terms is the truth, to warm the soil and the rain, the Holy Spirit, to slowly soften that hard shell. And then what grows first? Mm -hmm. The roots grow down deep into the soil, and they anchor you and they anchor that tree into the soil. And then slowly, mm -hmm. all of this happens before you see that tiny little seedling come out that eventually becomes a tree. Mm -hmm. So that is how we grow faith through through allowing the light of truth and the Holy Spirit to soften us and grow roots mm -hmm. down into the Amen. soil. Amen. Powerful analogy. Thank you, Jamie. Um, all right. So now. Um, I want us to, to keep a couple of things in mind, right? We we're talking about whether or not these things that God gives us are whether or not they're for the here and now or whether or not for there for the future. And I want us to take a look at John 10.10. 10. Um, and Nicole, could you read for us John 10.10? 10. Um, and we're going to take a look at the evidence um, uh, that we are seeing that God's rescue plan is both for the present and also has eternal blessings. John 10, 10 of the New International Version says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay. Nicole, that life that Christ came to give us more fully, is that uh, life that he's hoping to give us in heaven? Or is that something else? I think it's both. I think he wants to give us a full life here in him. And that will translate into a life full in eternity. Okay, right. And also, we are also, we talk about, and let's turn to Romans 6.23. Um, when we talk about the here and now, we've seen a verse that talks about um, God wanting us to have an abundant life here. But he also looks toward the future, right? And so, Romans 6.23, um, Jason, if we could have you read that. The New King James Version says, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life okay. in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. So there's an aspect of both, right? The blessings are both in the here and now, mm -hmm. and it's also for eternity, mm -hmm. right? Now, why is it important that this rescue plan that God has for us um, is not something that we can engineer on our own? Why is that important? Why is that an important element of it? I'm just thinking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We talked about this in a, in a prior study where he, uh, about praying according to his will, to the Father's will. Jesus says to the Father, he says, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. And no answer is, comes from heaven. So I think to myself, that would, there was no other way for a plan. That plan was the plan. And if Jesus himself couldn't come up with another plan, what makes us think that we can come up with a different plan? Uh, this was a plan put together by God the Father, God the Son, and uh, it was a perfect plan 
Um, and it will work perfectly if we say yes. Amen. You know, I think Satan is happy for us to try to save ourselves That's because right. he knows we'll fail. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if God's not willing that any should perish, he's not will Satan's not willing that any should, should find saved. eternal life. Mm. Yep. Mm. So he knows yep. we'll fail. So again, I don't think he yeah. cares what false path we go on as long as we take a false path. That's yep. right. And uh, yeah, there, there is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, <laughs> yeah. yep. the Amen. truth, and the life. Amen. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I heard someone the other day say, will there be people saved in heaven who don't even know about Jesus? And the answer is yes, yes. saved by God's grace. And they will learn there how he did that mm -hmm. through the sending of his own Amen. son. Amen. Yep. And, and as Pastor as, uh, Derek mentioned, that, that false path is, is what? It's anything that's not God's path. That's right. It's ours, it's yeah. Satan's, whatever it is. It's any other path that's not God's path. Stephanie? Yeah, I, similar concept. It's dangerous to believe that we can mm -hmm. rescue ourselves because then we don't feel our need for Jesus and uh, he is the only way to be saved. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's no need for a savior if that's you can right. save yourself. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right? Rodney. And because we have inherited this tendency to sin, because we, we have sinned, we have become like the father of sin. We have become selfish. And so um, becoming selfish, we have become full of ourselves. Mm. But when we realize that the, the, our eternal destiny is in the hands of Jesus, who is outside of ourselves, that we invite in, That's right. it keeps us humble and it keeps us grounded, as the Bible says, so that no man can boast. Amen. Um, at Jonathan? Yeah, I think that, I mean, if I remember what it was, but we can easily, like she said, um, the, the Pharisees were, were very ready to, to do all these things. And uh, Christ said that no one can come to the Father except the Father draw him. And I think that that's a, a very mm -hmm. interesting idea that, that we can do so much. We can try all these things, but unless that faith is coming from the Father, planted in us, unless it is, unless it is the, what God is doing in us, drawing us to Him. Everything we try, every path we take will only build on us, mm. and it won't lead to heaven. Amen. Thank mm. you, Jonathan. And let's actually continue reading. So when we make this, uh, this decision, this choice to accept God and to accept His grace, there's also something um, else that, that happens when we accept mercy and grace. If we look at Ephesians 2, verse 10, um, uh, what is it that we see um, happens? What is our response? What our response should actually be? Um, Nicole, could you read for us Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10? Sure. The New International Version says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay. So if, mm -hmm. if God, upon our acceptance of his grace and his mercy, he has something for us to do. And what is that? To do good works. To do good works. Uh, are these self-generated works? Do we go down, sit down, uh, create a list of good works, and then start checking them off as to yeah, what yep. uh, we have done? Jackson, try. who <laughs> we can certainly try. I think there are a lot of people who do, and then as a result of that, call themselves good. Mm, yeah. Or bad. But Jackson, what is it? Where do these good works come from? Actually, uh, with the prior illustration that was made, a seed that is sown. It, gain, it gets all the nutrients, it gets the sun, sunshine from above, it's all external. Mm -hmm. And then the growth is just the result mm -hmm. of what has already been provided for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
So Amen. it's from God. Amen. And I want us to actually take a look um, at, at one last verse now. Um, and that is Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. Um, That's our scripture song. That is our scripture song. <laughs> it's a great verse on which to, to end. And what does this verse um, uh, tell us? Jason, if you could read that for us. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. The New King James Version says, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay. Mm -hmm. So God gives us all these gifts that we have talked about in this lesson. Mm -hmm. And then he says, walk worthy of the calling. Mm -hmm. Not like dejected and how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this happen? He says, walk as if you're worthy of it. Yes. And I want us to just think of a couple of promises that God has given us um, to, sh to remind us that we can indeed walk worthy of the calling. Think about mm -hmm. Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Think about Matthew nineteen twenty six. With man, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. But with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Think about Philippians 1, verse 6, that says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you never have anything to worry about. You know that when God calls you, he will call you and make you worthy. Amen. Thank you so much, Nisha. Well, I'm sure you've been blessed by our study today, and I know I have. We are challenged to uh, experience God's grace, to accept his rescue plan, and then to walk as his redeemed children. Um, and worthy is not that we're worthy, but it is a worthy response to his grace. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, you deserve all of our love, all of our devotion. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you love us with an immeasurable and unfailing love. And I pray that even today, some of us reaffirming some for the first time would accept your saving grace and rejoice and be glad in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friend, rejoice in the grace of God and his love for you. And go out and be a blessing to those around you.